Yemula, you're listening to Karakiraman EV, Karakiraman, the English version. This podcast talks about the representation of the Caribbean in cinema and television. You can check out my website karakiraman.com for more info. I'm your host, Patra M, and this is episode 5, part 1. I hope you guys had a fabulous week. We're in 2020. Happy New Year! We're in January, so by the end of the month, Karakirama will celebrate its first anniversary. I can't believe it's been already a year. When I started it, I just had no idea at all of the outcome. I took a leap of faith because at the end of the day, I have nothing to lose. I do this because I want to keep track of my own memories. I want to keep track of the great stories told about the Caribbean. I want to keep track of the things I wish I had when I was a teenager. I also want to keep track of things I no longer want to see on my screen. That's why it's just perfect that we kick off 2020 with the film Guava Island. It's time for the Yekrik Yekrak is the segment in which I present you the plot of the move. Guava Island is an American film directed by Hiro Murai and it was released on Amazon Prime in 2019. If you still haven't watched it yet, here's the plot. On Guava Island, a local musician is determined to throw a festival for everyone to enjoy. A tropical thriller starring Donald Plover and Rihanna. That's the summary on the Amazon Prime page for the film. On IMDb, Here's what you get. A young musician seeks to hold a festival to liberate the oppressed people of Guava Island, even if only for a day. It doesn't get much better than that, but it's quite effective. I just rephrase the whole thing with a few precisions. Denny is a young musician. He lives with his girlfriend, Kofinobia, whom he's been in love with since childhood. He seeks to hold a music festival to liberate the oppressed people of Guava Island, even if only for a day. So, at first, I wasn't planning to talk about this film for two reasons. Reason number one. Hiro Murai, the director, Donald Glover, the screenplay writer, aren't from the Caribbean. As far as I'm concerned, I don't think they have personal connections to Caribbean culture either. Let me know if I'm wrong. Reason number two, it takes place on a fictional Caribbean island and my main goal with this podcast is precisely to discuss different Caribbean realities so it felt pointless to me to talk about Caribbean representation with a fictional island. But then I realized that I never talked about what I don't like about the mainstream representation of the Caribbean. 
my two earliest memories of Caribbean representation in cinema were the film Cool Runnings, released in 1993, and How Still I Got Her Groove Back, released in 1998. I remember that I enjoyed watching Cool Runnings over and over again. I think I even recorded it on VHS. I never say no to the good old cliche of the underdog who conquers it all. But there was just something that made me feel uneasy about this film. And now I know that I wasn't comfortable with the representation of these Jamaican men who owed everything to their white coat. I wasn't comfortable with um, the representation of racism for dramatic effects. To me, as a child, this film wasn't just entertainment. And it was also a representation of how the world would perceive me. I mean, as someone black, as someone from the Caribbean, this film just showed me that I wouldn't be taken seriously no matter what. Or I would have to do twice as much as someone else. Now, with How Stella Got Her Groove Back, I remember being mesmerized by Angela Bassett. I love her so much. I grew up watching What's Love Got To Do With It and Waiting To Exhale so many times. And these were heavy walls. That's why I was surprised by her role in How Stella Got Her Groove Back because you see her having fun. But still... I wasn't comfortable with the overall story. The American woman who comes to the Caribbean island to relax and she ends up with a younger man, very much younger man. It's it wasn't that much about the the age difference for me. But I just didn't feel comfortable with the setting. I felt like the Jamaica in this film was just a projection of the paradise American people wanted to be. And this paradise sometimes is not just about the palm trees and the blue sea, the white sand. You know, sometimes this paradise means sexual tourism. And it's also a a true issue in the Caribbean. And that's why this film makes me uncomfortable. It would have been in another setting or if um, if the character played by Tay Diggs would have been from another social class, maybe I would have felt a bit less awkward. Anyway, my point was here I give you two examples of, I mean, two American examples of films talking about Caribbean people, but from the American point of view. And I'm using US examples because black people just don't exist in French cinema. I said what I said. So I grew up without having a lot of positive representation of the Caribbean. And in the past few years, I've seen how U.S. cinema is still using the Caribbean as an excuse to keep 
spreading negative stereotypes about this part of the world and the people from this area. I have never taken the time to verbalize everything that makes me uncomfortable. Guava Island is the perfect opportunity to do so. Get ready because we're going deep. How does mainstream pop culture perceive the Caribbean and why does it still make me uncomfortable? This is what we'll talk about in the Caribbean Connection segment. Thank you for listening. Make sure you subscribe. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Garukeramant. Don't hesitate to share your thoughts about the episode. You can also check out my website carrecaramon.com for more info. See you next week. Ciao, Bered.